Welcome back to our study of the Psalms. We are on Psalm 12 today, and let's just jump right in. It's a short psalm, uh, tells us that it's a psalm of David, and then it begins like this. Save, O Lord, for the godly one is gone, for the faithful have vanished from among the children of man. Everyone utters lies to his neighbor with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. All right, let's pause right there. First of all, uh, let's take note of how um, these verses sound very familiar to us, right? Uh, you may be hearing those words and kind of looking out at the world around you and saying, I know exactly what David is talking about. That sounds very familiar. Uh, he's asking God, what he's doing here is asking God to rescue um, from the wickedness that pervades the world, right? So he says, save, O Lord, for the godly one is gone. Now, there's obviously uh, uh, likely a little bit of exa exaggeration going on here. Uh, it's not that David is literally the only godly person left. Remember, Elijah himself uh, thought something like that, right? That uh, he was the only one left. Um, but God said, no, I've got 7,000 who haven't bowed the knee to Baal. So um, it's not that David is literally the only one, but he's looking out and saying, like, where where are all the godly people? Where are all the people who fear God and love God and seek to walk in his ways? I mean, it just seems like they're gone. Uh, and then he says, for the faithful have vanished from among the children of man. Again, re-saying re kind of the same thing. And then he says, everyone utters lies to his neighbor with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. So there's, there's no more righteous people. Again, exaggerating a little bit there. And everyone sins with their mouth, right? So he talks about people lying, uh, so you can't trust people because uh, they, they're not speaking the truth. People flattering others, which is another uh, form of lying, right? And then he says they speak with a double heart. Uh, Paul warned about this uh, a similar kind of thing in, in, uh, in his day in Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Now, how do they create these divisions and obstacles? Right? He says, avoid them, for such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites, and by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Right? So that's, that's how they do it. It's by their words. It's by smooth talk. It's by flattery. It's by deception. And David was witnessing the same kind of thing in his own day. We've witnessed the same kind of thing in our day, right? That uh, people lie and flatter and deceive. And so what David prays for in response to that is he asks God to put an end to arrogant and deceitful speech. Right? So here's verse three and four. He says, may the Lord cut off all flattering lips the tongue that makes great boasts. Those who say, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are with us. Who is master over us? Okay, so I mentioned earlier that flattery is another kind of lying, right? Um, and the Bible uh, makes that pretty clear. For example, in Psalm 78, verse 36, it says, They flattered him with their mouths. They lied to him with their tongues. Now, often in Psalms and Proverbs in particular, but you see this really all through the Bible, it'll say the same thing two slightly different ways to make the same point. 
So when it says they flattered and then they lied, it's saying that flattery and lying are similar, if not the same, right? So flattery is a kind of lying, a kind of deceit. It is deceitful, right? So flattery is not uh, is not encouraging someone, um, you know, with true things about them. Uh, instead, flattery is telling somebody something that's not true, right? Usually to try to get something out of them or get them to uh, do something or respond in a particular way. So it's deceitful. It's masking what you're really up to with false words. Um, he also talks about people here who trust in their tongues, right? In verse four, they say, with our tongue, we will prevail. Our lips are with us. Who is master over us? So who can tell us what to do or conquer us or whatever, because we've got our words, we've got our tongues. Uh, so you've heard the phrase, the pen is mightier than the sword. That may be true, but it is not mightier than God. Our words do not mean that we have no master. Our words do not enable us to control our own destiny in the sense that, you know, we can say, you know, we decide what's going to happen to us and God has nothing to do with it. Not at all. God is still in charge. God is still the judge. People still have to give an account to him, no matter how persuasive they might be, no matter how good they might be at using words to manipulate and get what they want, they will ultimately have to give an account to God. Uh, then in verse 5 and 6, David says, uh, and here God is God himself is speaking in the psalm. He says, because the poor are plundered, because the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will place him in the safety for which he longs. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times so in verse five god says he is going to act right because of what is happening he says because the poor are plundered because the needy groan we know all through the bible god cares about the poor the vulnerable the widow the orphan uh those who are needy uh he's near to the brokenhearted so when the poor are oppressed or plundered and the needy are groaning because of their suffering. That's the kind of thing that um, awakens God's response, so to speak. It's not as though God wasn't already paying attention or God didn't already know or God wasn't already at work. He clearly was. But what this imagery is communicating is this is the kind of thing that calls forth, so to speak, a response from God. If you mess with the people um, that are most vulnerable, you can expect God to do something about it. That's what he's saying. And then David says, you know, God just spoke, right? And he says, God's words are trustworthy. They're like silver that's been purified seven times. So all the, all the impurities, all the, the, you know, dross or whatever that's mixed in there with the silver, if you go through it seven times, purifying and cleansing all that out. There's not going to be any imperfections left, right? It's just going to be pure silver. That's what God's word is like. There's no part of God's word that we say, oh, that part's just filler. It's just extra. That's not actually true. I don't know how that crept in there. If it's God's word, it is true. If it's God's word, it is pure. It is trustworthy. You can bank on it. There's no, uh, one, one way it said, um, it's maybe in the Baptist faith, the message, right? It's uh, no mixture of error, right, in God's word. What God says is true. That's what those 
uh, verses are talking about. And then he says, verse 7 and 8, You, O Lord, will keep them. You will guard us from this generation forever. On every side the wicked prowl, as vileness is exalted among the children of man. So in verse 7, he says that God will protect the oppressed from the wicked, right? You, O Lord, will keep them. You will guard us, right? So God is going to protect um, those who are being oppressed. He's going to protect them from the wicked. Uh, but the wickedness is not going to stop, at least not yet. There is coming a time when it will stop. But in verse 8, he's saying the wicked, they're prowling around. He says, vileness is exalted among the children of man. That too um, probably resonates with you about what's going on in the world today, in our culture today. Um, David and his words uh, relate right, to what we are witnessing in our own day, in our own time. Um, that's one of the beautiful things about the Psalms. They give us words for what we are experiencing um, because even though it's coming out of David's experience, in a lot of ways, the world just hasn't changed, right? People are still sinful, right? There's still wickedness. There's still pride, and arrogance, and rebellion, and all those things. Um, and so uh, those words resonate with us, right? So how do we connect this psalm to Jesus, and how do we, how can we use this psalm when we pray, right? <clears throat> as far as connecting it to Jesus, think about two things. One, David begins the psalm calling out for salvation for deliverance in the midst of all this wickedness and jesus is the one who came to save us right from our own wickedness and also from uh the kingdom of darkness right so we call out to god call out to jesus in particular for salvation for deliverance when we look around and see all the wickedness around us we don't want to just hang our head in depression and discouragement instead we want to lift our head up to god and say, God, rescue us. God, deliver us. Um, sometimes the things we see are depressing, right? And that is a real thing, right? But in the midst of that, what can we do? We can call out to God to save us. And then also, Jesus is the one who keeps us, who protects us. So in verse 7, he talks about how God is going to keep them and guard them. Uh, and uh, the Bible says that Jesus protects us. We're in John 10. Jesus says about his sheep that he holds them in his hand and no one can snatch them out of his hand uh, because he protects us. He keeps us. He guards us. And how can we pray using Psalm 12? How can we pray from Psalm 12? Well, we can pray for deliverance when wickedness surrounds us. Uh, we can pray for an end to wicked speech. Right? When you see or hear people either just around you or, you know, in the news or whatever in their saying things that are untrue, that are deceitful, that you know are meant to be manipulative, to, to flatter people and to get them to do what the speaker wants. Pray for God to shut that off, to, to put an end to such uh, wicked and deceitful speech. Uh, pray with confidence in God's word, knowing that if God said it, it's true, it's pure, it's trustworthy, you can bank on it. And pray with confidence in God's work that God is going to act. He doesn't just say things. He does what he says he's going to do. And aren't we thankful for that? God bless.